Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, cool. So what's up? <laughs> New technology. I don't know. Hopefully we can manage this. Yeah, I'm uh, setting up my computer right now. Uh, welcome, everybody. For those listening, this is Talking About Balls on Stereo. Yeah, new uh, new platform. Trying it out. Super Bowl Sunday, big game tonight. Obviously, we haven't done an episode since the Browns season came to an end, so we will, of course, recap that game. We'll talk about the AFC and NFC championship games. We'll talk about the awards given out last night. Kyle has some prop bets we're going to go over. Uh, we'll talk a little Cavs. Might as well just talk about a little bit of everything in, uh, in the sports world. Big Trevor Bowers you signing. Can, you can stream this to Twitch. I'm sorry. I just, I'm going through some of the options since we're live now, and you can stream it to Twitch and YouTube if you wanted to. No, no kidding. Right from right from those three little dots in the top right corner. That's interesting. Huh. Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, you're good. That is awesome. <clears throat> All right. So yeah, I'm getting my laptop set up right here in the basement. That's my cat. Sounded like a baby. She is a baby sometimes. All right. So, yeah, uh, are you doing anything special for the game tonight? Uh, we are going over to Mike's house uh, with some some of the family to um, to watch the sh- to watch the uh, old Super Bowl, have some food, and sit back and have some alcoholic beverages. What about you? Anything good? No, I'm just staying home. Going to order some Chinese and sit in the basement. We had Chinese kind of like last night. Love the it. Perfect, the perfect night for me, if I'm being honest. So. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, so uh, while we're here, we have some people. We'll get get a little – we'll wait and let people come in and listen. And uh, we'll go from there. I'm not sure. How does this work? Do you – can you go back and listen to old episodes? I'm honestly not even sure. I think so. I think so. It it saves episodes. But what you can do, I believe, is you can also then – take this audio it is save on like as a cloud you can take the audio and then download or send it to yourself as an audio file and then upload it to like Podbean or whatever we utilize now so it goes okay. live like we normally do so people when they listen to us later will listen to the episode but they'll listen to like live interactions from people too so but you can also you can go back and find old episodes on this i believe and i see that little plus sign down there is allows you to play audio messages from listeners too so Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, there it is. Learning as we go. So as people leave messages, it'll pop up there so we can pick and choose who's which ones to play if people leave messages, and you'll see. So Awesome. I am definitely into fan and listener interactions, so hopefully they send us some questions or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, let's get right into it then. So two weeks ago, the AFC and NFC Championship games were played. Obviously, heartbreaker for the Browns, but I mean, I'm being realistic because that's the kind of fan that I am. I'm a diehard Browns fan, but I also have common sense. And I realized that if Patrick Mahomes never got hurt in that game, we were losing by 30 points. Oh, I, there's a lot of fans, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of fans that think like just because we were con- contending against the Chiefs that half of that game that Patrick Mahomes didn't play that were, you know right on their level and we, we were this close to a Super Bowl and this and that and 
I, I think we could have given the Bills a run for their money, but I also don't even know if the Browns are a better team than the Bills. Then it's just me being honest. Uh, definitely would have yeah. been a good game, I think, but at the same time, yeah. The uh, the Browns were going to lose by 30 points if Patrick Mahomes never got hurt. We're, we're not even close to, to the Chiefs. Oh, sorry. I hit that by accident. <laughs> so it doesn't matter oh, to pick and choose. Okay, what was the message? I didn't even hear it. It was Dave asking if we found his baseball. <laughs> oh, I'm still looking for it. Um, not to, So I agree with you. So the thing, too, not to get you off your train of thought, is that, you know, I thought there were some good things to come out of that game. I thought the Browns did pretty pretty decent at some things, obviously, but at the same time, um, there is no way. I, I had this argument with somebody. It's like, if he doesn't go out, if Patrick Mahomes isn't out, we're losing that game easily. We were only in it because we were playing against a backup. And look what we let the backup do. I mean, we let him run 14 yards to get a first down. I mean, come on now. We weren't we weren't yeah, prepped and, and ready for thing, any of that. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to their second straight Super Bowl. They are arguably the best team in football, um, and, and that's for a reason because they're really good. And they not only I'm not just saying this for the Browns, but obviously no team in the NFL can really stop that offense. But they really expose the Browns' weaknesses. Uh, I mean, they get the ball out quick, so so Miles Garrett wasn't much of a factor in the game. Uh, our linebackers and secondary are. Are they leave a lot to be desired to put it nicely, <clears throat> and uh, they just exposed that we had no answer for Travis Kelsey, which again nobody does. I'm not I'm not just blaming the Browns or saying it's a Browns thing, but uh, we had no answer for Travis Kelsey. We had no answer for for the wide receivers. We had no answer for Patrick Mahomes. We had no one that could keep him in the pocket, keep you know even slow him down until Mac Wilson hit him and he he got hurt with that weird non concussion concussion. Who knows what the hell actually they, they diagnosed him with, but it almost seemed like it was more of a, like a spinal issue because he, he, I remember him getting up or, or attempting to get up and he basically collapsed. And I was like, oh shit, he's, you know, he has a concussion. And then when you look at the replay, it almost seems like, yeah, like something got disconnected with like his spine or something like that. And he literally was like paralyzed for a minute. That's kind of how I took it. Um, it looked like then, it did look like he got knocked out by like a boxer trying to get his legs underneath him. It looked weird, yeah, he, and then he, he watched the up. tackle. He watched the tackle in slow motion, and it, it doesn't look all that bad. But I guess just at the speed of what happened and what took place, I mean, if you ask Patrick Mahomes' mother, uh, he almost almost got he almost got killed on the field. So you yeah, know, of course, it, it wasn't wasn't great. But I mean, I don't know. It's it and is even, what it is. He had even, turf he had turf toe that game too, didn't he? Like he was he was dealing with a, a foot injury, wasn't he? Yeah, he was limping. There's actually a report that came out yesterday or today that said that uh, they expect right after the season ends tonight that he's going to go have surgery on his toe because that's been an issue for him for a little bit. Um, okay. But, I mean, he was limping a little bit against the Browns, against the Bills. He looked 100%. So I think I don't think it'll be a problem today. I'm, I'm sure he'll get mm-hmm. he'll get a nice shot of uh, of something in there, and he'll be fine. He won't even feel it. That's all you got to do is get through tonight. Right. Um, so you see on the so you see on the screen here where it has a little one next to the plus sign there. So you can hit that button and you can play the message if you want to. Yeah, let's play it. Let's see what we got. Go ahead. Who eats Chinese food during a Super Bowl game? <laughs> Real Americans, Chipper. What do you mean? Who eats Chinese food? <laughs> uh, people who are not Christian for Christmas and then during the Super Bowl. I, yeah, it's true. Uh, if if I, you're uh, eating chicken, it's like eating like eating wings, right? It's just made differently. <laughs> yeah, there's no difference between getting I could get chicken wings from this Chinese place if I really want to. I don't. I'm not going to, but I could. They have the option. I just 
I, I, I honestly ate chicken wings. Like I think I got some last weekend. I think I got some the week before, like I've eaten so many chicken wings. I actually think I had wings for, yeah, I went to pounders and I got wings for the Browns chiefs game. So right now I'm kind of chicken winged out last night. I had pizza. So I'm not really feeling pizza tonight. So I'm going with the next best thing. I'm going Chinese cause I'm too lazy to cook. Okay. Cause I am very, what kind very of pizza did you get. Uh, pasta Lears. Oh, nice. Good pick. Yeah, it was good. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm going Chinese today. I love Chinese food, and I like to get weird shit for the Super Bowl. I, you, actually, this might be like two or three years in a row I've gotten Chinese food on Super Bowl Sunday. I love Chinese food, so I'm always craving it. What was that place we went to a couple of years ago where it was like the uh, sushi? Was it sushi burrito or sushi? Oh, what oh was yeah, it? we were in the burrito. back. It's called uh, it's called Chopsticks Express. It's in Parmatown. Oh. Or at Parmatown, I remember that because we were at Dan's house, I believe, and we, we drove over there. And we were watching, I think, SummerSlam in the backyard, I believe, and we got the order of uh, the sushi burrito. That was amazing. Yeah, so they actually opened up another Chopsticks Express right by my house, and I was really excited for it. And then I go there. This one doesn't offer the sushi burrito. I was really bummed that about that. Yeah, extremely bummed. But I do. I love. Chinese I was. Foods. I was. I was a little iffy on the sushi burrito because you know you can really fuck up sushi if you don't do it right. But I was pleasantly no, they did surprised. A good job. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that that was my uh, recap of the Browns Chiefs game. Uh, we'll get into a little more Browns talk in a minute. I don't want to just start the show off and go Browns heavy. We'll talk about a little of everything. So, uh, two weeks ago, like I said, you had the Chiefs against the Bills in the AFC Championship. Uh, the Bills were really no contest for the Chiefs. Uh, as most teams aren't, the Chiefs are just on another level. So, the uh, Josh Allen kind of looked back to his younger self from almost a, about a year ago, I'd say, where he makes the mistakes and he's, uh, you know, he, he has some growing to do still. He definitely improved this season. I mean, he got he got the second most MVP votes, but it wasn't even close to Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers got like 38 votes and Josh Allen was second with four. So was yeah, that's close. not even a contest. And then did Mahomes you see got that, two votes. Did you see last night that uh you know Alex Smith got comeback player of the year? Did you see who got the one vote? No, I didn't. I actually saw people bitching about that that were like, How the hell could he not win unanimously? But I didn't see who the so other vote for. The, yeah, they went for our, our good friend over in Pittsburgh, Mr. Roethlisberger, got one vote for comeback player of the year. That's absurd. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I <laughs> I mean, I didn't he thinking. just have like a shoulder injury last year? Like quarterbacks get hurt. Like that's not a, a thing. But like Alex Smith almost lost his leg. That's fucking crazy. He or the and, fact his, that he was, and his life too. Yeah, like he he his was almost horrible. Like life altering injury, possibly life ending injury, and he still manages to come back. And he, you could tell he still wasn't even one hundred percent this year. And he still willed that team to the playoffs. And the fact yeah, that somebody I mean, he, would give he, that to fucking Ben, who yeah. started off eleven and zero, and then it quickly went to eleven and uh oh because things got fucking bad for the Steelers quick. And I, I don't, that, I don't know who gave the vote. I don't think they've released like who voted for him, but I would love to have a conversation out. with that person. <laughs> yeah, it'll come out. And then, and then you also have to think like I, I don't know when the votes take place. I think the voting is actually after like the playoffs started, right? Or did they do that? Before? Yeah. I, I, no, I think it's whoever has a vote. And I think it ends when the regular season ends is when they start the voting. Okay. So just, just that, that's a little bit better to hear because if somebody voted for Ben Roethlisberger for comeback player of the year, after his four interception performance in the playoffs against the Browns, then that's equally as embarrassing 
I mean, Alex Smith yeah. got, was hurt and didn't even play in the playoffs, but the fact that he was able to touch the field at all is so impressive. And Ben Roethlisberger just came out this year fully healthy for the most part and then played average at best. I mean, his regular season wasn't even that good. Pretty basic numbers. Um, and then the playoffs, I mean, obviously he did horribly. Still threw for almost 500 yards, but that's because, again, the Browns' secondary and defense overall isn't very good. Well, well, since we're on, well, since we're on the topic, do you agree with the awards that were handed out last night? Um, yeah, I was actually going to pull them up right now and go over them. I mean, we can start with the best one that uh, us Cleveland fans saw, and that's definitely Kevin Stefanski officially being NFL Coach of the Year. I don't think that really comes as any surprise. Um, at least it doesn't to me. I mean, I don't know if any anybody out there has a has another thought of who should have gotten it, but to me, I mean, again, it was a no brainer. Kevin Stefanski was Coach of the Year. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I, I would hope I was, you know, when they did the first one, I think it was the um, sports writers one. And we're like, okay, it's not official yet, but there's just yeah, no, it, nobody it else nice, to give it it's to. Like, yeah, these, these don't really matter much. Um, Sean McDermott came in second. I see him Flores in third for that vote. Yeah, which all equally right. I mean, Flores has done great things with Miami. I think they've kind of handcuffed themselves. We'll get into that a little later as we talk about some of the trades happening in the NFL. Um but I think they kind of screwed themselves by drafting Tua. I'm not a Tua believer. I wasn't when he was coming out of college, and I think the Dolphins made a bad choice, and I think they know that too because they're almost immediately trying to get rid of him. He's been there one year, and they they, they would gladly move on. Uh, I think they understand that they kind of blew it with that pick. And Brian Flores is a great coach. He's putting a good good team together down there in Miami, but obviously if your weakest position or one of your weaker positions is quarterback, you're going to be pretty pretty screwed. Well, it's funny when you watch the, how they were this season, every so often you'd hear they're like, oh, two was being pulled and Fitzpatrick is in now and Fitzpatrick would play like a whole entire like series and then they'd bench Fitzpatrick and they'd put Tua back in. And like I, I, I hats off to Ryan Fitzpatrick for being like the ultimate team player, but I have, I'm pretty sure he wanted to kill somebody, um, you know, just quietly by himself because of how much he was just, I think he was poorly treated by that team, you know, used and abused show basically. Me, show me another guy that would willingly go to a team with a rookie quarterback, I mean, he was already there, but like stay on a team with a rookie quarterback, mentor, mentor him, coach him up, everything, help him out. And then, yeah, maybe one series you're in the next series you're out. Maybe you play for a half, you play for a quarter, you're, you're benched again. It's in and out, in and out. And I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, I mean, if he's the better option on the team, to me, it was, it was pretty, pretty obvious. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the better quarterback for the Dolphins this year. So why even why even pull that? Just stick with what's working, because if you notice when they were playing the uh, Oakland Raiders on that Saturday night game, they desperately needed a win to keep their playoff hopes alive. So back against the wall, what do they do? They put in Ryan Fitzpatrick and he wins the game. So, right. To me, that kind of shows you everything you need to know right there. I mean, obviously, two is young. He's obviously, you know, this isn't the end of the line for him. Maybe he could get better and things like that. But definitely not a good sign for your rookie year, because I also think that that you're not only does, is Fitzpatrick a great teammate for, for dealing with that and putting up with it, but also at the same time, I think you've got to be hurting Tua's psyche a little bit, and you're kind of fucking with his head. Like, I'm, I'm a first-round pick. I'm a top-five draft pick, and I'm getting benched for a quarter. I'm getting benched for a series. This guy's coming in, and this guy's having success. It's not like they're benching him, and Fitzpatrick is shit in the bed. He's playing better than Tua. And, right. I mean, maybe that's to be expected because he is a veteran, but again, talent-wise, you would expect Tua – to be a little more talented than Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's an electric supposed to be was was supposed to be an electric player with the footwork. He's got a you know decent arm, but me personally, not well, a fan. 
I remember we no now they're trying that. to what package they're trying to package him or and something to get him out of there. Maybe trying to go after Deshaun, which I don't think will ever happen. But you know, still, it's just funny. Um, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, poor kid. That. Just it's... I remember <clears> we did our mock draft last year, and I had Justin Herbert going to the Dolphins because I was like, I think he's a better quarterback. And then they did the opposite, and it worked out better for the Chargers. I would say so because speaking of Justin Herbert, AP Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Well, I, mean, I don't think there's any other option. Yeah, I don't even think. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think if Joe Burrow never got hurt, I still think Herbert would have won because Burrow was having an okay year. He was putting up a lot of yards. But I think overall stats, I think that would have gone to Herbert. And, I mean, it would have been a tighter race for sure. I mean, it definitely would have meant, made for a good debate on Herbert or Burrow for the offensive rookie of the year. But uh, at the end of the day, it came down to Justin Jefferson and, and Justin Herbert because – Obviously, Burrow got hurt, so I think it went to the right choice. Justin Herbert broke a bunch of records, uh, smashed Baker's touchdown regular season record, um, which actually that got beat last year, didn't it? Mm, no, I think this was – no, I don't believe so. No, I, I thought somebody beat, it beat him last year. year. I don't remember. Well, here's the question with Herbert, though. So is Herbert going to slump in his next sophomore year? Is he going to go backwards next year, do you think? Or is he going to continue on the trajectory that he's currently on right now? Uh, I mean, it, it's going to be – it's different because he's obviously they, – they already fired Anthony Lynn. They have a new coach coming in. I forgot who they hired. I think it was the, the Colts offensive coordinator. I forgot his name off the top of my head. Uh, but they got him a new, a new coach. They have him – he's going to be learning a new offense. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. Uh, their offensive line isn't the greatest. Their running game isn't the greatest. So they have a lot of holes to fill if they really want to make Justin help Justin Herbert get to the next level. Um, but at the same time, I mean, with all that being said, with a failing coach that you almost know is on his way out, he could have been fired at any game, any week, and it would have made sense. They still were able to put up – well, Herbert was. He was still able to put up the yards that he did. They didn't win a lot of games because, again, football's – the one thing I don't like is, is – when people only use wins and losses for a quarterback stat, whereas like, do they not realize it's a fucking team game? There's 11 people on the field for each side at, at any given time. Um, Cause that's the argument with like Tom Brady, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl again for the 10th time tonight. And if you go back and watch that Packers game, the NFC championship, which we haven't even talked about yet, he threw three interceptions. Uh, I think one of them was off somebody's hands, but even that was not a very good thrown, well-thrown ball. Uh, the defense stepped up amazingly and shut down uh, Aaron Rodgers when they needed to. And all the credit went right to Tom Brady. Everyone immediately was just like, Oh, Brady did it again. He's the greatest. And it's like, how about a little love for the rest of the team that, that helped not helped the, the Packers not capitalize on all of Tom Brady's interceptions. I mean, three interceptions in one game, look what the Browns did to the Steelers when Ben threw four Aaron Rodgers is a much, let's, let's just call a spade a spade here. Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And when we got the ball on those turnovers, we capitalized against arguably one of the best defenses in football, the Steelers. Now Tom Brady throws interceptions. The Packers are going against one of the better defenses in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they shut him down. They shut Aaron Rodgers down when they needed to. And again, all the credit went to Tom Brady. So that's kind of like where I was getting at with Justin Herbert here. They didn't win a lot of games, but Herbert still had a hell of a season. So if they can build in the draft, get some free agents to go to San Diego or Los Angeles, wherever the fuck they play these days. Um, yeah, I think the, somewhere in California. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in that in that state. Uh, I do think eventually the Chargers could become a uh, a legit team. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. I mean, 
as long as Patrick Mahomes is in your division, things are not going to be easy. But when you look at how the Broncos are growing, and then uh, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a believer in John Gruden and the Raiders. So when you look at how those the AFC West is, I'm going with uh, the Chargers as the new up and comer. Yeah, it's gonna be it's a very tough division out there. I mean, like we talked about how the AFC North is gonna be one of the better divisions. I mean that that division with uh, the um, um, Chiefs and the Chargers and the and the Broncos that's that's pretty good out there. Yeah, the Broncos have a decent roster. They just have to figure out their quarterback situation. I was never a Drew Locke fan. I didn't understand the uh, the infatuation with him. And even the thought of him being a franchise quarterback was kind of laughable to me. So I think they're kind of over that experiment. The Denver Broncos are another team that's in the conversation for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes because Deshaun Watson has made it known he officially wants to be traded. Kyle and I have had some text debates on this topic um kyle is not a fan of trading for deshaun watson for cleveland i 1000 percent would do it in a heartbeat because i think that that does make you a super bowl contender uh immediately yeah no i i can't i mean i i mean i don't know what to say about this i get flushed even thinking about it but i would i wouldn't even want to give up what we'd have to give up to get that guy i understand both sides of the equation though i get it i mean you put yourself right into a uh into the Super Bowl contention, you push yourself right into being uh, one of the favorites. Um, but I just don't want to give up a couple first round picks, which you're going to have to, even though the first round picks value will be, I get it, 23rd, 24th overall. But still, I, I just not, I'm not a fan of it. I think we need to build on what we're building, load up in the defense in the draft and free agency this year. And then, and I think we're going to be a favorite anyways going into next year. I think we're a favorite right now. I think our odds are. I think seven to one or something like that. I thought the last time I looked, maybe I'm quoting that wrong, but we have pretty good odds for next year. I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, obviously the odds are, are good from Vegas, but anything can change. Um, I, I think me personally, my thoughts on it, the, those first round draft picks are worthless. Uh, the late twenties, a lot of teams, most good teams, consistent good teams that pick in the late twenties, try to trade those picks because they don't want that fifth year option. They don't want the first round contract. They try to get out with just the four years on guys. So then they can restructure them. Um, or re-sign them, I mean, at a cheaper price. But, I mean, if we give up two or three first-round picks, let's assume that the, 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 the rumor trade the rumored trade is Baker, I think two first-round first picks this year and next year, uh, maybe a third-round pick it was, and then I think Odell Beckham was one of the – it was part of the rumor. I mean, obviously there's no idea what the actual truth is. But uh, if we did that, even if it was three first-round picks, I mean, me personally – Again, assuming that turns us into a really good team and we're picking in the late 20s, possibly 30s for the next five to 10 years with Deshaun Watson, get rid of those picks, especially because this year the Browns have nine draft picks. Uh, We have two from other teams and seven of our own. Uh, So, I mean, trading one to two picks from this year, you still have five to seven picks that you're going to get to use, you know, give or take, whatever you you end up doing with them. Uh, You're still going to have plenty of draft picks, good teams find players in second, third, fourth rounds. That's, that's how you build these dynasties. You have to hit on those picks. Uh, I look at my, my number one example of why these first round picks are useless. I have two of them. Actually, the first one is look at any NFL trade uh, draft chart that that's actually what like the professionals use. That's an analytically driven thing where they value each pick off a point system. The number one overall pick is worth 2000 points, I think. And the number two pick is like 1600. And then it just gradually goes down. And it gets when you get to the 26th overall pick where the Browns are picking, that pick is valued at 200. So those draft picks aren't really worth much in terms of like NFL executives. Obviously, if you can draft a guy that turns into a stud, more power to you. But you also like to hope that your 
front office, because you acquired a great quarterback, will use those picks in the second round and still hit on people. Um, and the example that I used is last year, the uh, Green Bay Packers had the 26th overall pick. They took Jordan Love, the quarterback. He didn't touch the field once. And they still went to the NFC Championship game and were a touchdown away from going to the Super Bowl. And they used their 26th pick on a guy that never saw the field. So obviously, yes, those first round picks, you can find studs. And that's obviously a huge key in building a franchise. But at the same time, if you're trading those late picks and you're getting yourself a franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson, I think that that would be a great move. I also think of what he would do to our offense because we are a run heavy offense. He has a great arm, but also with the run heavy offense, he has great legs too. So that RPO style can open up and our run game would be dominant and defenses still have to respect the pass. My, my dream off season would be that trade for Deshaun Watson and your number one priority is sign Will Fuller, who is an unrestricted free agent coming up. Yes, he is serving a suspension to start the season off, but that's one of Deshaun Watson's favorite targets. He leads the NFL. Deshaun Watson does over the last few years with like, he's second in the NFL. I'm sorry, not leads, but, uh, He's second in the NFL in, in touchdown passes over like 40 yards or something like that. Second only to Patrick Mahomes. And there, the difference is like two touchdowns. So hmm. I think Deshaun Watson would immediately make our offense like night and day better. Because well, before I give my opinion. Oh, God. Go ahead. I was saying, before I give my opinion, we have, so we have a Mike who left a little comment. He wants to go and leave a message oh, yeah. here. What do you guys think about Jordan Love? Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Well, I guess we should have played that a little sooner. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I would have heard that. I was already getting to Jordan Love. Um, it, it's a weird situation because, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers, who I think at, at this rate just won MVP. So it's not like his skills are diminishing. I think he, you know, he could easily play for another five years or so, which would kind of hurt Jordan Love's value. So it, it's a tough situation that the Packers are in. They're either going to have to force, uh, not force, but they're going to have to trade Aaron Rodgers or, you know, come up with some, some plan there if they want to move forward and think Jordan Love is the future. Me personally, I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming out. I was kind of shocked when the Packers took him. Uh, overall, I really was unimpressed with the quarterback class last year, to be honest. I wasn't a big – Well, it it makes me think, though. So this is like building up to what Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers had when Brett Favre was there. You had Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench not getting much playing time. You don't know what you have in Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers had so many critics against him. You know, when he came out of college, I mean, his, his, his scouting report wasn't that great. I mean, I think he's famously – on record, you know, reading his own scouting report and he's laughing at it, but they moved on with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers came up and boom, this is what you have. I don't know much about Jordan Love. I haven't really looked at his, his college play or whatever, how good he is. I don't know if you know anything about him, but do you think the Packers are willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers and just, and and start him? I mean, I I don't know. I haven't seen this guy play much before. I mean, it's a tough decision because like I said, you got Aaron Rodgers coming off and off literally he just won the MVP last night. So he's, he's still up there as one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. So are you willing to take that step back? Because obviously Jordan loves not filling Aaron Rodgers shoes this early, maybe down the line. He could maybe learning from Aaron Rodgers and being in green Bay is, is the best thing. I mean, that's, I loved Aaron Rodgers coming out that year. Uh, I was shocked that he, he fell as far as he did. I know it was one of the more embarrassing moments in draft history, watching him sit in the green room waiting. Um, but I, I was a huge, huge Aaron Rodgers fan and going to learn from Brett Favre. I mean, it put him in a weird situation because that's another thing people don't really think about is yes, Aaron Rodgers is, I think he's 38 years old. Uh, but he did basically not play football for a few years while Brett Favre was in green Bay. He just sat on the bench. So that's a lot of, a lot of hits. He wasn't taking a lot of, you know, bruises and bumps that he didn't get. So essentially 
he's not as old as 38, especially in football terms. Um, if I'm the Packers, I can't justify getting rid of him. There's just, so you as so you're right now. You're saying that he's back next year, no matter what, with the Packers. Yeah, I mean, you figure you sign Jordan Love to his rookie contract, you get four years and a fifth year option for the team. So, I mean, you still have at least four years with with Jordan Love under contract to kind of see what happens, and then it's a good security plan to have because yeah, maybe maybe in two years Aaron Rodgers starts to diminish a little bit, or maybe he wants to retire. Let's say hypothetically the Packers have a great off season. They they bolster up the, the secondary a little bit. They get Aaron Rodgers some weapons, even though he won MVP. But the funny thing is everyone bitched about how they didn't draft any weapons for him. And he went on to have one of his best seasons of all time. So, I, I mean, I mean, you, you I, did call it. I mean, before we the season even started, we had our, our, a podcast and we went over the that fact chip that. On his shoulder. I called him for the MVP. Yeah, you called it. I will give you credit where credit's due. That's one of the first things you said is that he's going to have a Super Bowl. He's going to have an MVP caliber year. And he, by, by God, went out and had an MVP caliber year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always been a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks I've ever watched throw a football just because the precision, the touch, the way he can do it, and it's so effortless. I just – I love watching quarterbacks. They make it look effortless. Like, that's – it's hard for me right now to, to say it because, obviously, they're, they're, he's a rival. He's going to be basically my, my version of John Elway, but Patrick Mahomes. I love watching Patrick Mahomes throw the football. But I know in the back of my mind – He's going to be standing in the way of a Browns Super Bowl, assuming the Browns continue this trajectory up for the foreseeable future. So in the back of my mind, I kind of have to hate him, but I also really want to love him. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love watching the guy play, but like you said, it's, 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 I don't know. I was kind of, when, when he went down for that game against the Browns, we both kind of texted each other and said, oh shit, here we go. Here's the door open. But, I mean, we want to be able to play this guy at his full potential and still beat them, you know, and it's hard to beat that guy. It's hard to contain him. Um, his arm strength, his ability to off-look defenders. I mean, his no-look passes are pretty notorious. I mean, you can go back and watch him. It's crazy what he can do with the football. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not – it is what it is, but you watch greatness and you, you fall in love with it, but at the same time it sucks that, that they're in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that shows you the, the, the gap between – just overall the Browns and the Chiefs because us winning was based on, well, I, I take that back. Our, our thoughts of us winning really started when Patrick Mahomes got hurt. That's when we were like, okay, the window just opened, go for it. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, back to Jordan love. Um, I mean, me personally, I, I wasn't a big fan of him coming out, but again, if he's coached properly, if Aaron Rodgers is a good, good mentor for him, um, I think that they, he could be okay. Um, I also just think that, Aaron Rodgers is a once in a generation quarterback. So you're never going to fill those shoes uh, unless they somehow got, you know, the number one overall pick and they drafted last year, like a, a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or someone like that. Jordan love wasn't a big fan of. So questionable pick for me. I don't like it. I mean, again, look at the Packers this year. The guy never touched the field. I get it. When you're drafting, you also are thinking of long-term. So it's not just a draft for right now. You're drafting for the future as well. Cause these guys, if Aaron Rodgers retires tomorrow, they still have to go to work and somebody has to play quarterback. So I understand all that. But at the same time, yeah, they could have used that 26th overall pick on on a second a secondary player. They could have gotten another weapon for Rodgers, which is insane to think about that. He could have had like a number first round rookie wide receiver stud to throw to, assuming they got somebody good. But uh, definitely an interesting <clears throat> situation in Green Bay. I mean, hey, if Aaron Rodgers wants out, uh I'll take them right here, whatever it costs, in a fucking heartbeat. So. 
<laughs> Let's not start that topic now. Um, moving on down this awards list, though, one of the most, con- I think, controversial ones last night was the Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know if you saw some of the back and forth last night, but uh, Aaron Donald took home, obviously, the trophy, and then close second was T.J. Watt. And then coming in third was um, Howard from uh, Miami. What do you think yeah, about that? Do you Howard. think Donald – Donald well-deserving, or did T.J. Watt have something to say say for it? Uh, Aaron Donald is no question the greatest defensive player we'll ever see play football, I think. So anytime he wins an award, it shouldn't even be scoffed at or thought about. It should just be, yep, that makes sense. Um, Because I don't think – I think if if COVID never hit Miles Garrett and he was able to play at his full potential, I think he could have had an amazing year, better than he had. And even then, if he would have lost to – to Aaron Donald, I wouldn't have complained just because Aaron Donald is that good. Now, again, the voting is meant for quote unquote regular season because some awards go to players that didn't even make the postseason. Um, but look at the playoffs. The, the Rams defense was number one in football all season. And a lot of that had to do with Aaron Donald go to the playoffs. Their defense was great. They shut down the Seahawks in week one of the playoffs. They, they beat the Seahawks with uh well, they started a backup quarterback and Goff came in and played like shit, but they still won the game. And then they couldn't keep up with uh, the, the Packers when they played them the next week, but they tried, and Aaron Donald was hurt. And he, him hurt was still a nightmare for the Packers. I mean, he was still dominating, doing what he does. And then you look at the Steelers' side of the ball, you have T.J. Watt, who, again, normally a lot of people say is one of the best defensive players in football, and, and that could be the case. But when it came to the playoffs – I mean, did he play in that game? You can't not show up in the playoffs and then bitch later that you didn't win an award. He was a fucking he, ghost against the Browns. And I'm I not think just he saying was, he was like, handing out water during that yeah, game. Yeah, I'm not just saying this as like a Browns fan bashing a Steelers player. It's just the facts. I mean, TJ Watts, look at his stat sheet. He was a ghost against the Browns. He did nothing. He didn't impact the game. Uh, we were out there with backup offensive linemen because of injuries, because of COVID, stuff like that. He still, he never, we, the, the Steelers didn't even touch <clears> Baker that game. There were zero sacks. So, uh, I mean, to come out and bitch now and say that you deserve the, the defensive player of the year. And I see his brother, uh, JJ's or uh, yeah, JJ's tweeting shit about how better, how, how TJ deserved it and blah, blah, and this and that. And, you know, I'm sorry, Aaron Donald is just the best defensive player we'll ever see. So anytime they can give him an award, he's more than deserving. Well, it's interesting because I was reading, and of course you get lost in like the Twitter, like hell of like reading all these comments and replies and articles and stuff. And someone put a a pretty good point on there last night that said that, you know, as an outside defensive player, like an outside lineman, right end or left end, it's easier to get those type of stats and those type of stats. I mean like sacks and tackles and stuff, but when you're an inside defensive player, like a, a tackle, it's harder to get those stats. And Donald proves year and year again that he can get him just as easily. And, and I think there's some truth to that. I mean, look at it. You, they get double teamed right off the bat no matter what, as an outside lineman or an outside, you know, whatever, you can get around one player or you don't get blocked at all sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, um, look at, I agree I mean, with don't that. Get me wrong. TJ Watt is a phenomenal player. I'm not knocking him because he's a stealer. He's a great player. If he would have won the award, I mean, I think people could have done, made the same argument of like, well, I think it really deserved to go to Aaron Donald. But again, yeah, like you said, the position that Aaron Donald plays, you're not meant to be that impactful. Think about a def- interior defensive lineman. They're kind of just out there to be the big guys that plug the plug the gaps, stop the run. They're not known as, as guys that get sacks. It takes greatness to be like that. Like, look at Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp was an def- interior defensive lineman, and he was able to dominate and to get to the quarterback, and that's why he's now in the Hall of Fame. You just don't see that that often with interior guys because look at the Browns. 
And I'm not comparing the players because obviously Aaron Donald is in another stratosphere. But look at Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, guys like that. They don't get huge stats. They just kind of get in there. They cause disruption. They're just meant to, like like we like you said, they're getting double teamed on almost every play. Interior, interior defensive lineman, that's just the case. Whereas an outside edge rusher like Miles Garrett, like TJ Watt, they're the ones that are on an island sometimes with just them in a tackle or maybe them in a guard or they're up, up against a running back or fullback locking in the backfield. So, right. yeah, I agree. It is a little easier, too. And they do sometimes. Right, we, got a, we got a message from somebody on here that I don't know. So uh, first, a non-friend of ours, uh, oh, Cap Impressive. Um, what about Miles Garrett, though? Honestly, because if he wouldn't have gotten sick, he would have been at the top of the players player board this year and he could have possibly won it and if he would have just gotten a little more sacks but um anyways go ahead hey what's up dude uh i think i'm I'm guessing you pronounce it like captain impressive i'm not really sure but thank you for listening uh you must have just tuned in i just got done talking about garrett actually uh before that question but that's a great point yeah if he didn't get COVID, i think miles garrett's numbers would have been right up there for he'd have been in the running i think he would he would have at least been in the top three for defensive player of the year he was well on his way until the COVID. So it is a shame that that happened. But as I said, when I brought that up earlier, if Miles Garrett had a great season, never got COVID, I still think the, the award could have gone to Aaron Donald just because Aaron Donald is one of a kind freak of nature athlete. We'll never see again. Um, it was, it was, it was interesting his season though, like before COVID how he was playing and what he was doing, the numbers he was putting up, the sacks, the tackles, just dominating um then after COVID it's like night and day I mean that really affected him like he was winded after two or three plays he'd 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 be on the sidelines more often than not it it was just crazy the night and day difference of what he was before and what he was after because before if he would have played the entire season his numbers would have been I think obviously better than TJ Watts just in my opinion that's obviously biased too um but it's crazy but he's not getting any help off the line either he doesn't have anybody on the other side of the line that's getting like the double teams to pull off of him so, I mean, it, it could have been crazy. I mean, that's just a homer pick, though. I think I think Miles has that 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 award coming to him in the near future. Right. I, I think so, too. And, again, like you said, when you look at the Steelers' defense, the Steelers blitz a ton. So what that happens is that – or what that does is that it's going to cause linemen and blockers to not be able to double-team T.J. Watt like they would like. And not only just T.J. Watt. He obviously got hurt, but Bud Dupree was, was dominating this year. He was having a really good year before he tore his – I think he tore his ACL. But – uh. Bud Dupree was having a great year. So you're going TJ Watt, Bud Dupree on the end. You have Cam Hayward, who's one of the better interior defensive linemen. I mean, he's he's good. He's not great, especially at his age now. But he's one of the better ones. The Steelers overall had one of the better defenses. So, yeah, I mean, a but, pass but he's someone who brings attention, though. I mean, Cam Hayward, you need attention on him. Oh, so right. you that's pull, what, that's you, what pull him. you look at Miles yeah, Garrett. Yeah. Miles Garrett's opposite is Olivier Vernon. This year it was Adrian Claiborne, Porter Gustin. You know, guys, they're not exactly household names. And Miles Garrett was still still able to go out there and dominate. And then same thing can be said with our defense. Our entire our defense as an entirety wasn't very good. So right. you look at the Steelers defense, TJ Watt is putting up huge numbers because their whole defense is doing great. Miles Garrett was putting up great numbers and our defense wasn't doing that great. We were giving up a ton of yards. We were kind of a bend but don't break defense. We would let you get all the way down to the end zone or the red zone. And then we try to pick you off or we try to force a fumble. We caused a lot of turnovers, but overall, like the Browns defense couldn't stop shit. And (laughs) Denzel Ward had a decent season. Same thing. Got COVID kind of came back. Wasn't exactly as dominant. Hopefully that changes next year. The rest of the secondary was 
mixed and matched pieces of used car salesmen and guys that, you know, not necessarily even belong in the NFL sometimes. So I'm just happy that Ward didn't get a concussion this year. You know, he wasn't leading with his head the entire season. I'm just that I know of. I'll check I'll check that in the right direction, Mark, where we're 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 heading in the right direction with that guy. One hundred percent. I mean I mean he still missed a couple of games and that's that's obviously a big issue is him and his durability. Obviously Greedy Williams as well. So there are some some guys in the Browns secondary, but Grant Delpit, till these guys can put together a season, we have a lot to a lot still a lot to be desired with these guys, but but yeah, so we back got another the, message from uh, Captain Impressive. Here we go. Okay. What do you guys think about the Browns getting Richard Sherman uh, out of San Francisco? Uh, the talks have been around about it, and uh, I would like to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. I think you can get him for a relatively good deal. Uh, bring him here with Joe Woods. He said he'd like to play with him again. I think they they bonded pretty well in their their time in San Francisco. And then I also look at it, too, as again, as we were just talking about the young secondary we have, we have Grant Delpit hopefully going to be back next year healthy. Hopefully Greedy Williams will be healthy. Uh, Denzel Ward obviously is still only in his fourth. He's going into his fourth year, so he's young. Then you have draft picks coming up, and I'm assuming we're going to be using some picks on defensive players. I think that's kind of everyone's assumption, let's be honest. So uh, assuming you're going to get more oh, secondary well, Sherman's players. Well, is Sherman a free agent? Yes. Okay, I mean, I mean that makes more sense to me than anything to bring yeah, him here yeah, for yeah. what a two two year deal or something, two or three I, year yeah, deal. I'd maybe give him a two to three year deal. I'd front load it a little bit, and then I would, I'd make it team friendly. So you have him here, and I mean he hasn't been durable a lot over the last couple of years. He gets he gets some minor nicks and, and injuries, but nothing to be alarmed at. But he could come here, and worst case scenario, if he does get hurt, he's still a good veteran presence to have on the team. He can teach these young guys. But that's assuming that he gets hurt. That's me being a pessimist. Assuming he can come here and play decent at his age, I mean, he could still play, he's still fully capable. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely, I think he would be. Well, if you if you look at his us. last couple of seasons when he played with in San Francisco, they have not been bad. I mean, they've been pretty good. I mean, he's somebody that still garners attention. He, the quarterbacks have to think twice about throwing in his direction. He's gonna he's gonna not lock someone down all the time, but he's gonna prevent the pass from going that direction. And if you have that opposite award, I mean. Honestly, to me, it's a win-win, and you're not going to overpay for him either. I mean, you're probably going to have to pay some money, obviously, but not like overpay for this guy, yeah, especially no, if he really not, wants to come here. Yeah, you're not paying for prime of his career, Richard Sherman. You're just paying right now for the veteran who still has an incredible football intelligence. His, his football IQ is crazy. He can he could see plays. He knows where quarterbacks are going. I mean, I remember him picking off Baker last year, and he made it look so fucking easy. Or, I'm sorry, maybe it was Baker's. Yeah, it was last year. Uh, I remember him picking off Baker, and it's like, Man, this guy just knew that that ball was going there. It just shows you right. how either how how either our how bad our offense was, how predictable it was, or how predictable Baker was last year. So, yeah, I mean, he right. still has it. Again, I mean, he hasn't been able to stay really healthy, but again, it's never been anything serious. It's like a couple games here and there, but we were we're used to that with our secondary. So, yes, absolutely, bring in <laughs> Richard Sherman, bring in that that veteran presence, that IQ, that teacher. Give me all of it. Well, let's keep moving down the list. I agree with you. Uh, opposite side of the ball here. Offensive player of the year award last night went to Derrick Henry. Uh, second was Aaron Rodgers and then Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, do you uh, agree with the Derrick Henry thing? I mean, that guy is kind of a beast back there. Yeah, I think that they gave him that because Aaron Rodgers got MVP. You're not going to give MVP and offensive player of the year to the same guy, I think. <clears throat> if they would have given it to Aaron Rodgers, it would have been deserving. No question. Obviously, he had a great year. But. Like I said, if you're going to give MVP to Aaron Rodgers, you can give the Offensive Player of the Year award to somebody else. And Derrick Henry was absolutely deserving. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in football. The guy can single-handedly change a game. 
He can take over. Um, his stiff arms are incredible. I love watching his stiff arm highlight clips. It's just fucking amazing to watch. The the, me- the memes that come out of those stiff arms are hilarious. Like when he, I forget who he threw um, that one game. I forget who he's playing, but he like chucked the dude like five yards to the left. And then all of a sudden, the, two hours later, you see on the internet all these memes of him just throwing players across, you know, whatever the the, the field and stuff. It's he that guy is massive. But guess it's, what? The Browns the shut him down. Do we it. played him. Now we did shut him down. That's that's crazy to me that we were able to slow him down a little bit. What really helped <clears> us that game was that we got off to a hot start. The, the 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 quick scores by the Browns were huge because they weren't able to run the ball. So just great overall. I, I mean, I don't even want to say it's game planning because, I mean, obviously the game plan is to score every time you get the ball. But the fact that we were able to score and stop them a couple times puts their, their back against the wall to where the run game is not as important to them or not as uh, useful to them. So I think – Tennessee was one of like the highest uh, play action teams in football. Obviously that's because of Derrick Henry, because the defense in the back of their mind is terrified that he's going to get the ball. And my favorite stiff arm of his has to be when he did it to Earl Thomas last year in the playoffs, because the Ravens were talking all oh, this they're shit running behind him and shit. Oh yeah. They're talking all this <laughs> shit. They're saying how, you know, that he's not used to a defense, this physical and blah, blah, blah. And he fucking shoved them all out of his way and dominated them. I loved it. And again, that that, that clip of that clip of Earl Thomas running away from him, but it looks like he's running away from him. He just can't turn around on him. It was probably the funniest like five second clip I've seen. That, that Easily, was, that's good. my favorite Derrick Henry uh, highlight. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think very much deserving for Derrick Henry. Okay, um, I was going to come back player, offensive rookie, offensive player, coach, defensive player. The only two we really, only one we didn't really talk about was Walter Payton, which was the Russell Wilson. I think that's just a good charity, good human being award, which. Obviously, when you come to like good human being, Russell Wilson is always up there. So I guess that was pretty well deserving. Yeah, I don't really pay much attention to those. I don't even know. Like, I'm sure most NFL players, especially higher echelon guys that are, you know, household names, uh, most of them are involved in different charities and, and sorts. So it just kind of depends <clears> on who they want to give it to that year. I'm sure. Oh, I, I forgot Garrett this one. The, yeah, the defensive, defensive rookie. rookie. I was going to bring that up. Chase Young. Chase Young. Ohio State has produced four of the last five defensive rookies of the year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's the Bosa brothers, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, and now Chase Young adds to the list. So kudos to Ohio State, always representing in the NFL. Um, I think well-deserved. I mean, kind of a no-brainer. I think Chase Young is he's an elite talent player. He can take over a game, uh, and he did it on a Washington team who – Actually had a pretty decent defense with Ron Rivera's first year. They're holding, I think their whole entire defensive line is made up of first-round picks. One of the better defensive lines in football. And Chase Young, obviously a stud, number two overall pick. If it weren't for Joe Burrow being such a good quarterback, there's a really good chance uh, Chase Young would have been the number one overall pick. He's that good. He's that talented. Uh, I mean, he's he's up there with, like, Miles Garrett in terms of franchise-changing defensive players. So, well-deserved. Nice to see a Buckeye take home an award. And uh, yeah, that, that I, defense I have, I have is no going to be scary in the next couple of years. That defense is going to be kind of scary in the next yeah, couple of years. If, I agree. If River Riverboat Ron gets himself a quarterback, that Washington team is going to be, you know, probably the, the 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 front runner for the NFC East, which again was maybe wasn't saying much last year. But that's <laughs> did the NFC East even have a decent football team this year? I mean, other than Washington, no. I mean, everyone it's horrible. I mean, it's an embarrassment right there. I mean, I mean <clears> look at uh, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but. We talk about a good Ohio State situation, and then you can look at the bad one of, of Dwayne Haskins, who was a first-round first, first round pick for Washington a year ago, 
and got cut because he's immature. He, uh, it's a shame to see that happen because he could have been the f- potential future of Washington. But me personally, I wasn't the biggest Dwayne Haskins fan coming out of college. I, even as a Buckeye, I just know that his game's kind of limited for, for what it can do in the NFL. And he kind of got exposed pretty quickly. But right. I think he, yeah, uh, he, signed with, he signed with the Steelers, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of um, – I mean, if Chipper's still listening, he can tell us. I don't know what kind of deal that he got signed um, for them. But I think it's probably, what, a one-year possibly prove-it deal maybe? It's that's, that's my guess. It's one of those, like, you need to come here, prove you're mature, prove you can learn, you can improve your, your play, and we'll go from there. <clears> I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't risk anything on the guy, especially anything guaranteed money-wise because he clearly – has some maturity issues that he needs to work out. And I mean, he was caught going to strip clubs. I think it was in uh, Washington. And luckily there's no good looking women in Pittsburgh. So I don't think he's in any danger of doing that now. So that's a perfect team for him to go to. (laughs) Uh, Masks are not with COVID. They're not good looking when the masks come off. They, you know, he probably has more teeth in his mouth than the whole strip club could combine. So uh, I I think he'll be better in (laughs) Pittsburgh. That's a perfect place for him. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that, that concludes the awards last night. So I, I think it was, uh, I think we, a lot of those we kind of assumed were going to be, but um, overall, yeah, that's, that's your picks last night for the yearly awards. <clears throat> Not too bad. Um, yeah. So then that gets us to, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about baseball here while we're here. We have Trevor Bauer just signed that massive deal. Trevor Bauer now makes more than three teams overall their payroll he is more he he's his 40 million dollars this year 45 whatever the fuck it is is more than the indians it's more than the pirates and i forgot the third team but i want to say there was a third team with a a total overall payroll is less than bauer is making this year which is insanity but the indians are obviously the cheapest team in baseball in sports really so i mean good for him i mean he goes he leaves the indians where he knew he wasn't gonna get paid goes to cincinnati then he goes what Atlanta, right? Where he was at last? That were, was he? I don't know. He was in Atlanta. No, we traded him to Cincinnati. That's all he's ever played for. He he was That's drafted right. by That's right. He was drafted by Arizona before he got traded to Cleveland. But uh, but yeah, he just played. Having brain fart. Then he then he won the Cy Young last yep. year, and then he goes and signs his massive deal, which I thought he was going. I literally thought he was going to the Mets. I thought that the talks with the Mets were heating up. I thought he was a for sure done deal going to New York. And then the Dodgers, I didn't even read about the Dodgers, you know, coming in like this, but there you go. A three-year deal, I think. And it's a, a opt out after the first two years, he can do whatever or the first year and he can have the, out the second year. year and, he, yeah. he was always on record when he was in Cleveland, even he was very blunt. And he said he will only sign one year deals for the rest of his career. He said he will just play with whatever team offers him the most money. And a lot of people were like, well, that's not realistic. Like, you know, he's he, eventually he's going to want to win something who knows. And then you fast forward, and yeah, all the rumors were Mets. I didn't hear any other team in the conversation. It was just, this guy's going to the Mets. There's no question. My my wonder, though, is did he not go to the Mets because maybe they wouldn't abide by his contract demands, if you will, whereas going to the Dodgers, like you said, he has a, he, he can opt out after, after year one. So technically, this could only be a one-year contract if he wants it to because he has the option to do that. Maybe the Mets said no. Maybe the Mets said you have to sign a three-year deal, then we'll give you an option. He said, "Fuck you! I want one year and an option, or I'm not coming." That's my stipulation. That's it. So maybe things will come out in the in the long run. But there was a guy, Bob Nightingale, who is a baseball reporter, pr- pretty highly coveted and highly respected, and he himself is the one who tweeted out Trevor Bauer to the Mets, and then the next day it's Trevor Bauer to the Dodgers. So I almost wonder if, yeah, maybe they were close. 
they were going over the contract demands and they said, no, we can't do that. So his agent said, all right, here's what we want. And the Dodgers were like, oh, the Mets said, no, fuck it. We'll do it. That's kind of my thought on it because I agree. I didn't hear the net of the Dodgers at all. That the, Dodgers, of field to me. the Dodgers starting pitchers for 2021 are ridiculous right now. Oh, they're insane. Um, I mean, I, I was half joking about it, but when, as soon as I saw the Trevor Bauer sign there, I joked and I'm like, well, they should just get them all sized up for more rings because I don't see that team losing the, 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 the World Series again. Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, David Price, and Dustin May, which I honestly think David Price might get moved to a bullpen because I think they're not done bringing someone else in to be like their fifth pitcher. But either way, that starting five right there, I don't see who wins. I don't see who gets past them in any kind of five-game series, seven-game series. Yeah, Dustin May, I mean, he, he can go out there and be lights out. Clayton Kershaw, obviously, he's not getting any younger, but he can still go out there and dominate. Trevor Bauer is a really good pitcher. Do I think he was worth the money that he got? No, I think it's a little inflated for him because he's good. Like I said, I mean, he just won the Cy Young, so I'm not knocking him. But at the same time, just as being a fan of a Cleveland Indians fan and seeing him pitch here for years, the guy's hit or miss. I mean, he can go out there and pitch great. He can go out there and, and give up a real dud. So you don't know what you're getting out of him. When, when, when it came to the playoffs, he was okay with Cleveland. And then when it went to Cincinnati, he only got to pitch one game last year, but he was, he was dominant. In, in his one game with the Reds in the playoffs. So it doesn't now, seem I've like seen... the playoffs are like an issue. It's just one of right. those, like, you don't know which version of Bauer you're going to get. Are you going to get the good Bauer or are you going to get the shitty Bauer? So I'll be anxious to see what happens. But as you said, yeah, they have a great pitching staff. Uh, Walker Bueller is one of their highly coveted guys coming up, but he ha- also has been a little iffy. So don't get me wrong. I don't even think the Dodgers are done spending. They had, they're going to spend the most money in baseball. They're, they, could, they could make a trade or two do whatever they need to. And then obviously you still have Mookie Betts. You've got everybody else on, on the defensive and offensive side. So, well, this leads me to my question I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, cap room. I mean, I mean, is it time that baseball starts talking about this, about bringing in capping certain teams, what they can spend and can't spend? Because as I think it was, I think it was Chipper or someone else on Facebook that mentioned, it's like the rich get richer. These teams, all this market money, all this stuff, go out there and blow the money and bring these people in. It's not fair for the little people like the Indians or Kansas City or whoever. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Um, you know, I, I agree. I do think it is an unfair advantage because it's a sport where with, with no cap space, the bigger cities with the bigger, bigger pockets, they're going to be the better teams almost year in and year out. It's, it's, it's not even really fun. Uh, at times, don't get me wrong. You have some surprises. I mean, you had the Kansas City Royals beat the the Mets a few years back in the in the World Series. And I was like, man, maybe not a few, but like five years ago or whatever. So that's cool. You have Tampa Bay has made it to a few World Series, uh, which is awesome for them as a small market team. It's just a shame because they get there and they don't win. These these small market teams. It's it's a cute story, and then when they have to face the big bad payroll team, it usually doesn't work out that well. And Cleveland. Maybe we live here, so we're not as we're a little biased, but we're considered a small market team. Uh, we're a little bit of a bigger market than like maybe say Cincinnati, maybe even Kansas City, maybe Pittsburgh. You know, teams, little cities like that. But but yeah, I, I don't know. With with no no payroll or uh, no salary cap, with cheap owners because the Dolans, it's not like they're even going to attempt to spend money. We're strictly going to either win with a farm system team, or we're never going to win anything. And at this point, obviously, we haven't won anything, so at least in my lifetime. So I would do a, a cap, but I would maybe do it like the NBA. Let teams spend, let them go over the cap, penalize them, let them pay the tax, which NBA teams, the owners that don't care, that are willing to spend money, 
we'll fucking pay that tax. They don't care. They pay extra. Dan Gilbert did it. We won a championship. He didn't give a shit. We'll let baseball teams do that. Maybe set a limit on how much they can go over the cap and how much they get taxed. This way they can't just spend whatever they want anyway. But still put a cap, make it a soft cap, but just try to make it a little bit close, a little bit more of an advantage for teams. Because it is a shame. You almost guarantee it. And it sucks as an Indians fan. We know whenever we have a really good player, we saw it coming with Lindor before he got traded. We knew he was gone. Where did he go? We traded him to a team with big pockets that are willing to spend. And it happens year in and year out. We've done it every year that I've been watching baseball. Really good players. They, they come here. This is like an internship, basically. They come to Cleveland. They learn how to be really good. They play for a few years. And then they get shipped off to somewhere else for all the money. Well, here's a little trivia for you. Ready? Yep. So if you were to guess, and I, I have it pulled up in front of me, as of 2000, uh, um, of 12-7, um, <clears throat> here's what they said. What's the top, what if you had to guess, top five baseball teams with the most payroll? Um, the, You said this is from December 7th? Uh, December 7th is the last time this was updated, yeah. Okay. Um, And this is all, these are all teams from like, right now like 2020 or this is just like in history you're asking no they're just right now current the current okay. um landscape of what's going on uh i'm gonna go dodgers yep uh, i'm gonna go yankees yep i'm going to go i don't I, I, I part of me wants to say boston but they're not very good so i don't think there's boston money. boston's in a top five are they okay then okay so we'll go boston um let me think maybe san diego because of machado San Diego is no, they're in the top ten, but not top okay. five. Um, let me think. Maybe the Mets. No, and the uh, instead of keep guessing that these two are surprising. The the Angels are in the top five. Okay, and, I didn't see that because of Mike Trout. He's making a killing. And, and the Nationals are actually in the top five too. Oh, I forgot about the Nationals. That makes sense because they have one of the highest paid pitching staffs in baseball and just yep. overall. Yeah, I completely I forgot about the Nationals because they. So were your top five are Dodgers, Yankees, Angels, Washington, and Boston. Is your top five, and let's, those let's... are all major cities. Major, yep. you know, I mean that that's a no brainer. You have Washington D.C., you have Boston, you have two California teams, Los Angeles, both of them basically, and Anaheim, whatever you want to count the Angels, and then obviously New York. So. Yep. It's a shame, and that's why I think there should be a soft cap because well, it would flipping around now. Who's your Who's your bottom five? Oh, I'm going Indians, Pirates. Uh, hmm. Maybe yes the Reds. Both. No. No. Um, I'm trying to think of some shit. Uh, let's go uh, Marlins. Yep. Let's go. I'm just trying to think of pretty much bad teams that are up. <laughs> uh, maybe the Mariners. Mm, yep. Okay. Um. That's all I got. What is that for? I think I'm out of, so, I'm out of yeah. guess. So <laughs> Cleveland and Detroit are by this graph. Oh, Detroit. And Detroit I forgot are tied. How the hell could I forget about Detroit? But who doesn't? Yeah, Cleveland and Detroit are tied by this graph. And you got Baltimore, you've got Miami, you got Pittsburgh, and you got the Mariners. Those are your bottom ones. Yep. And those are all well, I mean, the Indians made the playoffs last year. The Marlins were a surprise little story till they got to the playoffs. Um but yeah, now we're bottom of the barrel. I mean, I think the Indians are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. I hate to admit it, but I mean, that's just the facts of the facts. Just, just crazy, man. It really is. I mean, they really need to do something with uh, with Major League Baseball to make it a little more like fair. I guess is the word we're looking for. But uh, especially because when we had when we had Greg on, uh, Greg Sherwood, friend of show, not that long ago, we were talking baseball. We were talking about how 
most teams, I forgot exactly what it is, but it's like you get your whatever money they have. I forgot exactly what he said, but most teams will use about like half of some income to put on the payroll. And for the Indians, that would have put us at like 80 something million. I think right now we're at what, 36? Yeah, I think 30, 38, I think. Yeah. Okay, so a little more. But yeah, so I mean, realistically, I think based off Greg's calculations, the Indians payroll should be at, at a minimum around like 80 million or something like that, I believe is what he said. And then you look at that and we're less than half. That just shows you how fucking cheap the Dolans are. And I mean, it's a real shame because we're wasting some talent. I mean, you look at guys like Shane Bieber just won the Cy Young. I know I've been a little critical of him. I do think he's a great pitcher. But again, what I meant, what I mean by that is it was a shortened season. Shortened season, we played mostly teams from the Central, teams that weren't very good. He dominated them. Then we got to the playoffs against the Yankees. They dominated him. It wasn't even it wasn't even fair. Um so do I think Shane Bieber's a good, great pitcher? Yes, of course, I'm not knocking him. But I also think that maybe last year kind of benefited him for the, the, the COVID season. I think in a regular season where we're playing every team in the league instead of just the, the bubble-ish kind of style that we had to go through, I don't think Shane Bieber's numbers are going to be this, quite the same. But, you know, what do I know? Maybe I, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe Shane Bieber actually is as good as he played. But I just think it was kind of a situational thing. So if you had to say you think it's a um... – you're okay with Bauer doing what he did. I mean, that's going to be, you think the Dodgers now, he's still the favorites to win next year's world series as well. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I love Trevor Bauer doing that. If you play in a league where there's no salary cap, there's no limit to what you can get, then get as much as you can. I completely, I completely agree with it. I'm, I'm happy for him that he was able to do that with the contender. Cause a lot of times you'll see these guys sign these big free agent things and they go to teams that aren't very good. I mean, I look at Francisco Lindor going to the Mets. The Mets have a good, great pitching staff. They have a couple Cy Young winners themselves. But injury bug has hit a lot of them. And they've had some issues. Then you look at also sticking with the Mets. Uh, Pete Alonso, rookie of the year two years ago. Last year, didn't really have that great of a season. I mean, he was all right. Uh, now you add Francisco Lindor. I'm not exactly sure of the Mets roster 100% off the top of my head. But uh, I have friends that are Mets fans. I know I've talked about them. And you have a team that maybe could maybe sneak into the playoffs. But at the same time, they're I mean, I hope Lindor takes them to that next level because I'll, I'll be rooting for Lindor for his his entire career. I was a huge Lindor fan. I think he was one of the greatest Indians to ever put on a uniform here in Cleveland. And I don't think he got the the respect that he really deserved for playing here. I think he, his, his career, when we look back on it after he retires, we're going to go, holy shit, he was so much better than I remember. But uh, I wish him nothing but the best in New York. But it is kind of a shame that maybe New York's not exactly con- a contender. Trevor Bauer signing with a World Series defending team. So that's a great signing. The rich got richer, so I'm, and I'm just like always, the Indians are just giving away giving to the MLB. Just here's here's our talent. Take it. We we've grown them. We've we've trained them. We've we've harnessed them. And here you go. Now it's your turn to have them. You know, it's just, it sucks. It's say like that. Is, yeah, the two of the biggest acquisitions in the off season are ex Indians going to better teams or, or just just leaving Cleveland in a sense. I mean, obviously we traded Bauer last year, but an ex Indian free agent. Now he goes to the Dodgers. Francisco Lindor, ex-Indian, now he's on the Mets. Everyone's just gone from Cleveland. Rinse and repeat, lowest payroll, one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. It's just, it's sad. It's depressing. Now let's move on to better news then. What, what's our next topic? <laughs> um, next up, I guess we'll just go right into the Super Bowl preview and then we can wrap this up. Oh yeah, we can throw out some prop bets after this too. Some interesting Oh yeah, yeah we'll do that too. So, so we'll just talk uh, Super Bowl preview first, then we'll do prop bets. If people want to interact, we'll... Actually, I tell you what, uh, throw, let's do the prop bets now. Let's throw them out there, and then we will uh, 
if any people that are listening, if you want to give us your prop bets in the, the voice thing, whatever the fuck it's called, the message thing, go ahead and do that. So if you want to read some off, if you're ready, Kyle, by all means. Um, yeah, I mean, we got your basic ones, obviously. Um, I mean, coin toss, who team, let's see. The first one that makes it interesting to me um, is going to be, hmm. <laughs> oh, here's an interesting one. Will Tom Brady have a rushing touchdown tonight? Yes or no? Okay. That's a good one. I'm not going to answer anything yet. I want to let people that are listening give us their comments on those first, and then we'll go back to them. So just read them off. We'll let people answer, and then we'll talk about it. All right, so I'll, read a, I'll, read, I'll read a couple then here. So we'll go, will Tom Brady have a rushing touchdown, yes or no? Okay. Um, will Patrick Mahomes have a rushing touchdown tonight? Uh, what team is going to score first? And then will anyone other than a quarterback have a throwing touchdown tonight? Okay. Those are the those are the most four interesting ones, and of course, I went to the the media ones. And if you had to pick, what is going to be the first commercial tonight for the Super Bowl? <clears throat> so we'll we'll leave that. And obviously, I don't know if anybody knows. There's people who pulled out of the commercials this year. I don't know if you knew this or not, but and and yeah. Bush is not doing commercials. Coca Cola or Pepsi are not doing commercials tonight. Um, they pulled out because they want to donate their money to COVID articles or COVID commercials. So. Um, so they can't be part of it. So you're not going to see any Budweiser, Bud Light commercials tonight. You're not going to see any Pepsi Coke commercials. So with that, that said, who do you think is going to be the, um, first commercial out of the gates right after kickoff? Right, okay. There you go. So we'll let people give their votes or, or their, their opinions on those in the comments. And we'll talk about the game and we'll get back to those. So again, if you're listening, if you heard the prop bets, please give us your, uh, your thoughts on the prop bets. Uh, the first one Kyle asked was, will Tom Brady have a rushing touchdown? Second one was, will Patrick Mahomes have a rushing touchdown? Will a non-quarterback throw a touchdown? Which team will score first? And what company will have the first commercial uh, during the yep. game? So, so we'll get to that in a minute, let everybody answer. But first, we'll break down the game. High-power Kansas City offense. You have Tampa Bay, who, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't think was that good of a team. They, I mean, don't get me wrong, their defense really stepped it up in the second half of the season. But overall, I wasn't impressed with Tampa Bay this year. I didn't think they'd make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so kudos to them for, for, for doing that. But me personally, I'm just going with the better offense. I think, again, I look at what Tampa Bay did last week, and they were able to shut down Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong. But Tom Brady threw some interceptions. He definitely kept the Packers in the game. The Packers just couldn't capitalize. I think unless Tom Brady plays a near-perfect game, you you – you're not going to be able to shut down Kansas city like you did green Bay. In my opinion, I just think Kansas city, I've watched them for years, only get better and better. I don't know how you can stop them because if you want to focus on shutting down Tyreek Hill, then Nicole Hardman, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you have Sammy Watkins, you have Travis Kelsey, you have all these guys. There's just so many options. Like you can focus on one guy, to try to shut down and they're just going to burn you with somebody else. If you shut down all their guys, maybe Patrick Mahomes can just scramble for 20 yards. Like it's nothing because they're just such a special offense. I've never seen any team like this truthfully. So my pick, I'm going Kansas city 34 Tampa Bay 24. Well, like true fashion, I'm going to be on the other side of this equation for me. All right. So a couple storylines with this one that makes me want to go for the Buccaneers is obviously the Tom Brady's. The, the whole story with Tom Brady, he leaves New England. He's going to a new team, first year on the team, has a chance to win a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. 
it's like a whole drama movie you're watching play out in front of you and and partner that with the fact that this could be the first team ever to be the host of a Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, which I think is kind of cool too. Um, but all that aside, I, I think the defense of Tampa Bay is going to slow Kansas City down just enough for Tom Brady to do what Tom Brady does. So I am pulling and I'm rooting for the Buccaneers tonight. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay 27 and the Chiefs 21. All right. Well, now you got it, folks. Go figure. Kyle and I have opposite picks. <laughs> <laughs> Can't always agree on everything. So, right. we have but, to uh, have yeah, so I'm sticking difference. with that. I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think I had them winning the Super Bowl from the beginning of the year. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I picked Chiefs against either the Saints or the Packers in the Super Bowl. And I think I had the Chiefs winning. I don't really remember, but I know I had the Chiefs in it. So I'm sticking with that. I'm going for it. And why not? Here it is. Nothing to lose. I like it. Speaking I like of, it. Speaking of things to lose, it's time to get into prop bets. We uh, unfortunately didn't get anybody to send a message. At least I don't see any on my screen. So Nope, I didn't see any of mine either. So. That's all right. We'll just get into them then. So if anybody is listening and you want to go over these prop bets with us, we'll, we'll read yours too before we get off of here in a few minutes. So first one was, will Tom Brady rush for a touchdown? I'm going to go no. Yeah, I'm going to go with no as well. I think the favorite one-on-one is also no. The the under is winning. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go no. I, I, I've never – I think how many rushing touchdowns do you have in his career? You can count on one hand, I think. Yeah, not <laughs> many. I mean, he's – he's. I, I, I heard a, story, a report yesterday or a stat that his, like, fourth and one completion as a rusher uh, percentage is, like, it's crazy. It's, like, 95%. Like, he gets that one yard when he needs it. I just don't find myself seeing them in that situation where they're at the one yard line. And if they are, I, the Kansas city defense is good, but it's not great. So I don't think the Kansas city, they're not stout enough to where you need to rush Tom Brady. I think you can get away with like a handoff to Fournette, And I think they'd be fine by doing that. If they get into a situation like that, maybe Tom Brady rushes for a few yards here and there to get first downs, but that's about it. I don't think he scores a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes on the other hand, as a rushing touchdown, I am going to go with no also, even though Patrick Mahomes obviously is way more athletic. Obviously he, he gets more rushing touchdowns. I'm just going to go with no. I think for some reason he'll be able to, every touchdown they score will be by design, a pass, a rush, whatever. I think I'm going yes on this one. I think it's going to come down to whether on the, on the five yard line and they're going to do shotgun with the running back off to the side and they're going to do a fake handoff and he's just going to run because it's going to, pull the defense in and he's going to run. He's, he's done it multiple times this year. So I think it's going to change. I can definitely see it. I just, I don't know for whatever reason, just cause it's a prop bet. I'm going to just go. If, if I was putting money on it, I'd probably put money on the no. Got it. All right. Well, there's one difference for us, but yeah, I'm going yes on that one. All right. Uh, next one was, will a non quarterback throw a touchdown uh, in this game? Uh, only because of the two quarterbacks you have, obviously Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, arguably the greatest current quarterback in football. I'm going to go with no. I don't think these coaches are going to get too crazy and let guys potentially, you know, fuck things up. I, I don't know. Call me crazy, but Kansas City, I think it'd be a really ballsy move to have somebody other than Patrick Mahomes throwing it against this good defense. And kind of same thing for, for Tampa Bay. I don't think you're going to want to take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Although that would be a nice, like, who would see that coming? Right. I, just, I wouldn't risk it. I'm not, I'm not potentially throwing an interception from Mike Evans when I have Tom Brady at quarterback. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't do it. Right. I'm going to say no as well, but I don't think this question would even be on this prop bet if it wasn't for the Philly special, obviously, a couple of years ago um, right. when they pulled that sweet little playoff. But I'm going to go no as well. I don't think anybody – if you had Jarvis Landry on your team, that guy has a hell of an arm. I think it's an option, but 
Um, I don't think anybody in these, either one of these teams is going to be able to put it on the money where it needs to be for a touchdown. So yeah, I'm going the, the first, first thing that came to mind for me was the Philly special, but that again, because I'm talking about the two quarterbacks and how much better they are, you can, you can take the ball out of Nick Foles hand and be okay with it. You're not taking it out of Brady or Mahomes. So that's right. why I'm, I'm going with no on that one as well. Uh, what was the other one that wasn't the commercial one? Wasn't there a different, I, I apologize. I can't remember. Um, oh yeah. Now I, now I moved away from that screen. I thought you wrote them down by any chance. <laughs> no, no, I was just going off, off memory. And oh, it, what team's going to score me. first? Okay. What team scores first? Um, I'm going to go with the chiefs based only on the stat that came out this week. The Tom Brady has never scored a first, first quarter touchdown in the Super Bowl. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. Apparently in the first quarter, he's only scored. He, they scored like three points was like the most he scored in the first quarter of Super Bowl or something like that. It was a weird stat, but like, yeah, he should, they, for whatever reason, they don't do much in the first quarter. Obviously so like any old man, team, it takes coach. a while for him to get warmed up. He has to get going. Yeah. The Viagra <laughs> has to kick in. Oh, we got, Oh, a, we have, a um, yeah, go ahead and play it. Okay. I got it coming in. What's going on fellas? Super Bowl preview. Um, Kansas city, they do trick plays every week. Every week for them is a trick play. Their formations, the way they run their motion, everything's a trick play on them. They're going to run at least three different formations that we haven't seen yet. They always do it. So, um, I don't know if you guys talked about the prop bet on trick plays or whatever, but I'm sure there will be a trick play here and there. I don't think the Bucks will do it, uh, any type of formation we haven't seen, but definitely Chiefs will do it. Uh, can't wait for this game. Good game. Quarterbacks on both sides. What can you say about them? Tom Brady, the guy who was never even thought of coming out of college, now is revered is one of the greatest. Then you have Pat Mahomes, who's soon on that track line to being one of the greatest. We'll see. All right, Detroit. I appreciate you listening. Appreciate the uh, the input yeah, there. Um, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I, I don't think Kansas City is going to run a trick play that that involves anyone throwing the ball. That was the prop bet, but uh, but yeah, absolutely, they're going to do some trick plays. Especially, they love giving the ball to Tyreek Hill in some funky ass formations, and then he is so fast; it's un- it's insane watching him run with the football. It's 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 something I've never seen before. I've never seen anybody like that. It's it's nuts. So, absolutely, they're going to utilize that speed. They're going to utilize all the the playmakers, <clears throat> and they'll definitely they're definitely going to run some trick plays. The amount of misdirection plays that Kansas City runs alone is is insane. I mean, the fact of where they make you. They make you focus on one thing by moving a tight end in a little bit or moving the tight end in motion. It pulls your eyes off. And then that fake, that the notorious fake run where there were, um, I, what is it? He, uh, he, Hill brings himself in and fakes and runs back out again. And I'm, you know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to, what I'm, what I'm picturing here, but like he'll motion in, like he's going to run behind the quarterback, but then he stops and then he sprints like a, as a wheel route. And that, oh, that, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That, and, that, yeah, that you scored get, so many touchdowns this year for them. Because you give Tyreek Hill that little bit of a head start to run, it's it's game over. There's nobody that's keeping up with him. I know Scotty Miller is trying to compare himself to Tyreek Hill's speed, but, I mean, I'm sorry, Scotty Miller. I would take Tyreek Hill 10 times out of 10 in a, in a foot race. And right. the fact that, that Tyreek Hill looks like that with pads on, don't get me wrong. I know Scotty Miller's fast. He ran a great 40. But your 40 time and what you actually run in pads on the field are two completely different things. Tyreek Hill is fast, fast. Scotty Miller's just 40 fast. So that's also why Scotty Miller's a good wide receiver. He's a nice, like, third string, but he's nowhere near Tyreek Hill. I mean, not even close. But, uh, but yeah, they're definitely going to run some trick formations, and that's the same thing. I mean, they have so, like I said earlier, 
the amount of talent and, and playmakers on that Kansas City offense, if you focus on one guy, you're going to get burned by five others. So yep. it, it, we got another, if you do. We got another message from Captain Impressive. Okay, we go. you want to go ahead and hit it? I definitely think that Tampa Bay is going to win. I think there's going to be a lot of trick plays using uh, Chris Evans and a few other players that uh, really haven't uh, shown much, um, you know, like – uh, they're not shown very often. So they're going to utilize all that against Kansas City and really give Kansas City a uh, run for their money. Uh, it's going to probably be 42 Tampa Bay, 38 uh, oh, Kansas wow. City. Uh, it's going to come down to a field goal. And uh, huh. that's how I feel it's going to come down to. So, you know, and on the prop bets, it's going to probably be Doritos right off of the bat. Uh, with something, um, you know, something funny like their puppy monkey baby, and uh, really make it a good show <laughs> for the halftime. Oh, also, let's talk about the halftime show. Uh, it's going to be great, especially with the weekend. Uh, he really pulled out the stops with uh, giving his own money for it too. I didn't even. I forgot about that. I mean, honestly, I, we didn't talk about the commercials. Not to cut it before you started talking because I thought you were going to say something. But uh, I, uh, I agree. I think that. Um, uh, that's first of all, that's a high scoring prediction. I, I don't think they're going to score that many points, but I mean, I, did uh, I guess see that the, uh, the over under was pretty high and a lot of people like quote unquote experts, if you will, they were saying the same thing. They said, they, they say, take the over. They think this is going to be a very high scoring game. Yeah. Uh, which, we didn't which even talk wrong, about the, for that. Cause I'll never forget the, uh, the Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Oh my God. I literally think I took a nap during that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't watch another Super Bowl like that. I need, I need points. We didn't even talk about the halftime show. What do you think about the halftime show? I I know you're a gigantic weekend fan, so I I know you probably uh, know his entire uh, catalog of music. I know like two of his songs. I my wife is a fan. Like they listen to him a lot. Like some of our friends' houses because he's good. Like party music, I guess. Uh, I don't know much about him. I did see that he says that he's putting up seven million of his own money. Uh, Every I listen to a ton of radio shows and they talked about it a lot. Almost all of them think that that's just like a strategic plan from Pepsi. Because they're the the quote unquote like sponsors of the halftime show. Everyone said they're like, there's no way in hell that he's paying his own money. It's actually Pepsi. But I mean, we'll never know the truth. It's a good story either way. People think that that Pepsi only came out with him saying that because they want to look more uh, like giving. They want to look like they're they're not just blowing extra seven million dollars. It could have gone to charity. So it's no, the weekend paid for it. We didn't. So we'll never know the truth. I mean, if it is true that he did do that, then kudos to him. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, if you're putting up your own seven million, God knows how much Pepsi put into it. So we're looking at a halftime show for worth God knows maybe twenty million dollars. It better be for a twenty-five minute performance. This thing should be incredible. Is anyone else performing with him, or is it just the weekend? I don't even know what the. I've only heard his name. I mean, I know honestly, the surprise sure. entrances I assume, sometimes. I would assume in true Super Bowl fashion, there are going to be guests with him, but or cameos, if you will. Uh, but honestly, I haven't looked into it, so I, I'm not sure. I kind of wanted to go into into this surprise because years prior, yeah. like right now, they're already starting to leak commercials. I haven't clicked on one. I'm watching the game. I want to see everything live when it happens. I want to be in the moment. Um, obviously, I hope Janet Jackson's there and pulls a titty out. That'd be great. But because of the new standards <laughs> of, of, of television and, and, and delays and stuff, they'll censor it. But still, would I love to see a titty? Of course. Do I think it'll happen? That should be a prop bet. Do we see a titty on the halftime show? I would go, I would go no, but I would love to. Um, It'd be a nice prop bet. No, but the first commercial for me is I. he said, what do you say, Doritos? Um, I'm thinking Frito-Lay because I think Frito-Lay has a couple commercials this year that they put money into, knowing yeah, that like Anheuser-Busch and stuff aren't going to be like there. That. 
Um, just for shits and giggles for my first commercial, only because I know for a fact that they're having one and all the shit that just went down over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to go Robinhood as the first commercial. Robinhood investing app. I'm going to go with them just because how funny would that be if they're the first commercial? I, you think Robinhood is going to come out with their first commercial? <laughs> well, there's a rumor that they paid to have a, they, they will have a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, if they're the first one, though, I would I would find that just hysterical after the, the shit. Are they are, are they are they gonna are they gonna have the we're very sorry that we screwed you out of potential lots of money commercial? Is that what it's gonna be? <laughs> no, what I heard it's gonna be is it's gonna start off and then it just never ends and we never get to watch the rest of the Super Bowl. They're gonna take more stuff away from people that want stuff. <laughs> they're gonna prevent they're people gonna from doing other block things. You. <laughs> uh, I have a text message here from our friend Sean. You know who that guy is. Um, he said he couldn't leave a message for some reason, but he said, uh, not seeing my audio thing, but, um, traditionally the halftime show is always paid by the artist because the NFL says they get exposure for it. Huh? I never heard that. Neither. Me neither. Whatever the, the quote unquote sponsor is, is, they're the ones paying it. Like, I don't think the NFL's paying the weekend, but Pepsi's the, uh, Super Bowl provider or whatever. Halftime well, maybe provider. this year it's paid for by the weekend because it's Pepsi's trying not to have their name anywhere because of ads and everything so i don't know well no they'll still be on there like even for the uh the performance for the weekend it all says like a pepsi thing like a pepsi concert series or something so i don't know i just assume that whatever company was the sponsor is the one that has to foot the bill for whatever super bowl because i mean there's like a few years ago didn't they have uh like maroon five and all these people coming out i mean i'm sure they do fine financially but i just can't imagine that like maroon five can foot the bill for a super bowl halftime show and I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I just assume it's the the the, the uh, what the fuck is the word? Um, the sponsor. Right, right. Um, we talking about Pepsi. Yeah, I'm. Just, I just assume oh. that now. Yeah, because it's a Pepsi halftime show. I just assume Pepsi foots the bill. Pepsi pays the weekend. There's the the rumor that came out that that the weekend booked like a, I forgot how expensive, like a ten million dollar, for the weekend mansion or something like that in Tampa. I don't know. I'm, I'm so not sure. Maybe he is worth that much money to where he can just blow like $20 million for this weekend. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine. Don't get me wrong, but that's no joke of money. Uh, let's see. The weekend's net worth is $80 million. Yeah. That sounds about right. But I mean, you think he spent 25% of his total net worth on one Super Bowl weekend just seems a little much to me if, if he had to pay for all of it, but. I, again, I think these stories kind of come out and they're a little, they're just to get to stir the pot to get people talking. I don't think whatever mansion he rented for the weekend, he's probably not paying for. Somebody's paying it for him. Uh, same thing with the halftime show. I'm guessing it's all just Pepsi, but it's just better publicity to say, oh, he's paying for it himself because Pepsi's giving this year. But we'll never know the truth. I'm just, I'm a cynical person. I always think the worst. <laughs> well, you don't say. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> All right, well, uh, that's all I got. It's about an hour and a half now till kickoff. I'm going to grab a shower, order some Chinese that I look forward to eating, and uh, get comfortable and watch some. hopefully watch a good game and some good commercials. Yeah, it was good, man. I love this. We should. Uh, this is a nice, nice app to utilize. I think it was kind of cool to get people involved. So, um, But, yeah, um, yeah I really it's going to be very interesting. I appreciate everybody that listened. For those of you that are still here listening, uh, if you're new to the show, my name is Justin George. This is Kyle Price with me. Uh, we host a podcast called Talking About Balls. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean. I think it's in the Google Play Store. We have a Facebook page, Instagram, all that shit. So feel free to look for us. We just saw this app, wanted to give it a try, and I, I really like it. Uh, so we're going to go for it. We got one more message. We could play that out. and then uh, Go ahead. 
answer that and we'll wrap up. I have a question. What is one thing you like about yourself and one thing that you dislike about yourself that you like want to improve or change? Um, one thing I like about myself is um, my knowledge of sports. One thing I hate about myself is that I'm a Cleveland sports fan because I always get my heart broken. That's, that's my answer. Um, well, I don't know how to answer this seriously. That's to be tough. Honest. Yeah, that's, that's a, this is a, it's like, took a 180 at the end here. That's yeah, it actually deep, did. Very uh, deep. The, the one thing I like about myself, um, the, um, I can make anybody laugh. There you go. And one thing I hate about myself is the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a Cleveland sports fan. It's just, uh, we cut ourselves slowly every year. Yeah, exactly. It's just every year, I just know I'm getting my heart broken somehow, but I can't stop. <laughs> that's that's the one thing I hate about myself is I can't not be a Cleveland sports fan. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, again, we appreciate everybody for, for listening to this and bearing with us on our very first attempt at this. Hopefully it gets better as we go on and we continue to do more shows and all that. So thank you, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Kyle, you too. Say hi to you Jess. Too, man. Enjoy the game. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye, everybody.